Media Talks, the podcast that helps to better understand the world of media and video advertising. Hello, Media Talk listener, and welcome back. For this spring edition, we're turning to Belgium, where we're going to talk about some of the advancements that have taken place in the linear addressable front. Proximus was one of the first telco operator to embark in the linear addressable journey, starting back in 2016. It has been a complex journey, one with many learnings and some great innovation, which have led to this interesting position that Proximus now has in the market. So what happened over the past few years? How has Proximus approached linear addressable? What have been some of the biggest challenges and the next phase of the developments? These are some of the questions we are going to cover with our guest today, Bart Swimbergen. Bart, good afternoon, and thank you for joining us today. Happy to be here. So Bart, um, just before we start, just for the benefit of our uh, listener, could you just quickly introduce yourself um, and then give us a, a maybe a sort of quick overview of uh, what Proximus is and its position in the market. Yeah, so uh, good afternoon, I'm Bart. Um, I'm responsible for all advertising services and data monetization at Proximus. Uh, for those who are not familiar with Proximus, we are the, the national teleco leader in Belgium, uh, active uh, both in the north and the south because we're a very specific country, uh, having two languages, even three. Um, and so that's one of the already a key challenge that we had to overcome is, is a small country in a, in a complex uh, setup. Very good. You know, it would be kind of useful maybe to give us a, 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 a short history of what the, the teams of Proximus have sort of been working on over the past uh, sort of a few years to get to into linear addressable uh, and sort of what has been the journey. Yeah, so, so I think it was really uh, quite a challenge. Um, first of all, uh, we are a telco company and we are not really into advertising or, or media as such. So it was, first of all, uh, a challenge to convince uh, our, our CEO and our management to invest in, in addressable advertising. So as you said, back in 2016, we started with our visions uh, and plans and it took some time um, to start uh, working on it. I think convincing our CEO was, was maybe the least because... Back in the day, it was Dominique Leroy, uh, and she was really having a background in marketing. So, so she was quickly uh, convinced of of, of this of uh, this project. And then we started developing, uh, which took a lot of time uh, over a few years. Certainly on the setup box, uh, uh, a very big challenge there. But then we, we launched uh, in the end uh, in the early days of 2020 um, our addressable TV uh, solution and. Back in the days, you know, you, you only had like Sky AdSmart uh, in the UK, uh, which was our like our, our big example. But uh, but Sky, they you know they have their own channels, which we don't. Uh, we, we have a couple of own uh, TV channels, uh, but they are not mainstream, not major channels. So, so we were really uh, depending on agreements with the broadcasters. So in Belgium, you have the north and the south, and you have two big ones in the north and two big ones in the south. Uh, so our biggest first challenge was also to convince uh, those partners to uh, to invest with us and, and to go in this journey together with us uh, to find a, a business model that was viable for, for all parties. So, so that was really the complexity that we had versus like 
like Sky Ads more because it's you know easy to do it for your own channels. But if you have to convince and find a model uh, together with four different partners, that's uh, that that was a challenge, which we we, we overcame. Uh, one of the key things as well in the beginning is that we really from the start had like a let's say ecosystem mindset, uh, partnership mindset that really thinking on an industry level. Um, across across telcos as well um to so together with internet and the other broadcasters really quickly in the early days we, we came together and started to 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 really think about how can we make this easy for the advertisers for the market how can we standardize and i think that's really one of one of the key things to do uh in the market to really think okay i i'm not alone in this story i need to work together um my telco is not my competitor. The other telcos uh, is, is my is the partner working on the same uh, on the same challenges. So I think that was really one of the the key success stories um, criteria uh, here in Belgium. And when you say standardization, when what do you mean in terms of standardization? Standardizing what? Yes. So there were different areas of standardization, and and one of the key uh, areas was was the data and the segmentation. Where we like uh, made standard agreements on on, on uh, what uh, kind of segments, how would we call those segments, uh, how would we make those segments, and what do you understand when we talk about you know uh, a food lover uh, or a cooking lover? You know what should we understand when we talk about that kind of people uh, of that that kind of segments? And uh, so it really was about aligning uh, that that kind of information. Uh, and, and avoid that one uses a, a car lover and the other one calls it an automobile lover, whatever. So, so that's one area. Another area was uh, was about you know the kind of reports we would offer to an advertiser to avoid that he gets the same kind of measurement, the same kind of reports, uh, and the same currency as well. You know, little things like do we talk, talk about households in addressable advertising or do we talk about seller boxes as a currency? All that kind of stuff um, we, we agreed upon uh, on an industry level, um, just standardizing the market and making it really easy for the agencies and the, and the advertisers, actually. So, so you make a good point. So that's really an industry level. So it's everyone, so the, the other telcos as well as the broadcasters and the buy side. Totally. Yeah. You know the history. Uh, is that one of the the big advantages we had in the, in the days as well? Is that we used to have a, a digital sales out, which is called Skynet, uh, which was really into digital advertising. And as from the start, we really had this um, future thinking of okay, this must be digital and digital ready. Um, and so we reflected, okay, we need to have an ad server. We need to do it a digital way in terms of reporting, in terms of all of the things that we used to do in digital to bring it to TV. And that so it was really from the start our our mindset. And I think it really helped us in making the right choices uh, for the future um, versus maybe others. We had this really advantage. And so that's also, by the way, one of the reasons we came to free will, huh? because because it was really with the digital mindset and a digital ad server with all of the capabilities we would expect from digital into TV. And that really made us made it easier uh, to build upon that. Uh, I have a real ad server as well on our side. So in some ways, wh where are you now? And how has the sort of the market responded? Uh, or, uh, and, uh, you know, when I said, uh, how are the marketers, and I mean the agencies and, uh, and obviously the advertisers themselves, 
uh, how are they taking uh, uh, sort of advantage of the opportunity? Uh, since uh, early 2020, we are in in production. We are live uh, on the four broadcasters, which is uh, DPG, NSPS, Atom Data in the north, and then RTL uh, um, and RTBF in the south. Um, we have about just for info about 1.3 million of set-up boxes that are addressable enabled. Soon we will add uh, two, three hundred on top of that because our new generation of set-up boxes will also be uh, enabled for um, for addressable advertising. And we're active both in in linear live TV as in uh, catch-up TV and this on the set-up box and also on on mobile and, and our applications. Um, uh, so that's where we are today. As I said, we started in 2020, you know, the year COVID started. Um, and 2021 was really the first full year of activity. And ever since we, we saw really great growth numbers uh, in terms of uh, numbers of campaigns, uh, volumes, uh, the types of advertisers. We have seen a lot of different, uh, different advertisers coming to Addressable TV from rather regional advertisers to really the big national advertisers as well uh, until niche advertisers that were really looking into uh, very specific target groups. So we have seen a, a pretty good uptake with a, with a various number of, of, um, of advertisers. So exactly, I was going to ask, is that, is it, what do you see? Do you see more is it's a variety of advertiser, or do you see like even smaller advertisers? Sort of, I would say the, maybe the small and medium size uh, enterprises coming into addressable TV, or not yet. Yes, so, so we have seen a, a big variety, and, and also the smaller advertisers have, have come, have done campaigns. So it's really difficult to say. So some some of them are new for TV. Like fifty percent is new for TV. Fifty uh, percent has done TV already. Uh, or just came back to TV, so so you see a big variety there. Uh, and an important point is as well, as a as a telco, we are the enabler of the broadcaster, and it's in the end the broadcaster themselves that commercialize uh, the product. Huh? Um, but what we do try is to evangelize the market as a as a telco operator to explain uh, what's possible through our partners uh, on adjustable advertising. And where do you see that kind of linear addressable versus digital? How do you see those two uh, getting together? Yeah. Um, so, so that's I, I think one of the next uh, things we're working on already is really connecting the dots between linear uh, TV advertising, addressable TV advertising, and even digital advertising. So we're really working on some capabilities and have worked on, on some capabilities to be able to to start connecting those dots. And um, so today, uh, what, what we have done in, uh, in a PSC modus is we um, extracted, we identified who has seen a linear campaign through our set box log files and our, our the marking of the of the streams. We have been able to identify who has seen a linear campaign and then make it a new custom segment. Uh, for addressable advertising. And the use case there is really incremental reach generation. So as you know, you have this linear campaign uh, and at a certain point you get to a saturation where you need to be, repeat a lot uh, the, the same message to 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 build your audience and uh, and to increase the unique reach of your campaign. 
So at a certain time, time we stop the linear campaign and then we continue on the non-exposed audiences uh, in addressable to really in a more efficient and effective way build up your, your unique reach of your campaign. And we have done a first test case together with uh, RMB in Belgium uh, for, for the solo advertiser uh, where we have done this for the first time, uh, combining a linear campaign followed up by an addressable campaign to to uh, to generate incremental reach. Um, and I think that's very promising. The results were really great. Um, and, uh, and and the objective is to do that for all, all broadcasters and advertisers in Belgium. And so, so this is really a capability we have built uh, to, to be able to identify who has a linear campaign, who has an addressable TV campaign, and to be able to make custom segments upon that. And that enables, like I said, this incremental use case, but also remarketing, uh, storytelling, where we look, would like first have a first commercial uh, commercial spot show to to uh, a target group, and then as as the moment they have seen it, uh, show a second uh, commercial that that in a kind of storytelling modus. And then, yeah, coming also to digital. Um, so last year, uh, we started a new joint venture uh, together with uh, Dilnet SBS and Mediahuis in Belgium, where we are shareholder, uh, which is called Ads and Data. It's really uh, the promise is uh, about gathering the data of the partners and uh, and being a digital sales house or, or sales house in general using data. And there also the ambition is to to really make the bridge between TV and and digital, where we are able to to say okay, who has seen a linear campaign or a adjustable campaign, and how can we activate the same segment also in digital uh, to exclude them, to include them, to do storytelling, and and, uh, and that's really the next step. We're not not yet there, but that's really what we're working on. Um, uh, in the market in the, in the coming, uh, let's say this year. Yeah. I would say, yeah, is that, that's the project for this year really is to get that going. Yes. What is, what would you say is one of the biggest challenge here? What do you need to solve, get that, but to bridge that, uh, uh, that bridge between the TV and the digital. Yeah. I think first of all, um, so, so privacy and legal compliance, I think, uh, the way we did business in the past is we, we, we thought about business cases and, and, uh, and ways to do it technically. And then only we came to the, the legal aspect yeah, at, right at the end. Um, I think the mindset more and more, at least for me, and, and, and I think approximately is to be like privacy first. Uh, it's maybe exaggerated, but, but, but to bring privacy really at the start of every uh, process. Uh, and when you think about how can we going to do that to also think about how are we going to privacy wise solve things uh, and that's one of the major challenges if we think about breaching digital and tv it is to overcome the the privacy challenge and do this in a, in a transparent uh gdpr compliant way towards our, our customers because at the end uh that's what's important for a teleco uh, we, we have our customers and and uh um, I mean, to respect uh, their privacy status. So, so that's one of the, the challenges. Of course, you have the technical challenges uh, linked also to the privacy part, but not only uh, for sure how to deal with that, how to deal with the, the consents and the different platforms. Uh, uh, that's definitely uh, also a challenge. Yeah. 
um, we're already reaching the end of our uh, sort of podcast. Um, uh, so thank you for sharing all this. What? So the only thing, the only last question I have, which I'll tend to end all my podcasts with a kind of a similar question to all my guests. Um, and it's more of a personal question. I just wanted to say, to ask you, uh, if you could share, um, uh, or tell us something that you deeply care about. So, yeah, what I deeply care about is, uh, is people, uh, have, uh, four children at home. So I'm always busy entertaining my children. Uh, and it's a bit uh, the same thing with my friends. Um, I have my, I, I play padel and I'm always organizing stuff with my friends. Uh, and, and a bit the same for, for at work. Um, I love to work with my team, be together with them. Um, you know, with COVID, we were all less in the office, but I think, uh, in the coming periods, we're all going to go back and meet each other again. Uh, and also in the industry, meeting other people, I think that's really, really interesting. And uh, that's what I really deeply care about. Bart, thank you ever so much for uh, sharing all this and being with us today. Um, it's been a great pleasure to have you on our Media Talk podcast. And uh, we make sure that we keep an eye on the developments and how you've been uh, sort of bridging uh, TV and digital in particular. Um, and maybe we'll uh, ask you to come back in a, in a few months. Um, we will return next month with more stories and insights. And as always, if uh, you, listener, have any ideas or any specific requests of topics you'd like us to cover, uh, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. Until next time, thanks for listening and goodbye.